your exclusive home for prop sports. Oh, it's good! It's good! This is Rowan Radio. Connors with the game winner! 89.7 WGLS-FM, Glassboro. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. And now, here's your Monday host, Larry Dealman. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. You're tuned in to another Monday edition of Offsides here on Rowan Radio Channel 2. I'm Larry Dealman, your Monday host for this semester, and I'm not alone. I'm joined by Ali Pontano and our Friday host, Danny Ryan, making an appearance. Uh, we welcome all the hosts on all of our shows and, of course, our guests as well. So we have a lot to talk about today. Usually we start off with the NFL and the whatever week number reactions and Monday Night Football, but guess what? We're starting with the MLB today. A certain local team is uh, doing pretty good right now. Then we'll get to the NFL and the reactions and Monday Night, and then we'll wrap up with the NBA in our top five. So for our MLB segment today, The Phillies are World Series bound, but I have five more words for you. Last week, the magic words were, how about them Cowboys? This week, the words are, we're talking about the Fightins. So those are the key words for today. The Fightins will take on the Houston Astros. Game one is in Houston on Friday. Uh, They just released the time. Every start is 8.03 Eastern Standard Time for the series. Uh, Danny, I'll go to you first. What is your reaction to the Phillies clinching the World Series spot for the NL? I mean, I'll tell you what. How could you not be ecstatic as a, as a Philadelphia fan, as a Philadelphia Phillies fan? It's just a, a moment that still feels so surreal. Uh, you know, last night I kind of just soaked it all in when they actually clinched the spot to the World Series. I literally just stood up. I didn't scream. I didn't cry. Nothing like that. I just kind of like stood up, threw my hands in the air, and just stayed silent for about. A minute, and then I screamed and nearly cried, but for that first minute there, I just soaked it all in because we haven't even been here since 2009 when I was seven years old. I don't even remember them clinching a spot to the 2009 World Series, let alone the 2008 World Series. All I remember is that my dad couldn't take me to the parade because I was too young, (laughs) so or he wouldn't, I should say, Uh, which is probably a good idea for a six-year-old, but nonetheless, I mean, just... I, I can't put it into words. It, it just came out of nowhere. It happened so fast. Just two losses, I told you, off the air before. I mean, I, I, I'm i here to say, and I, I don't know if you were on one of these episodes with me when I said this. I, I said it a few times. Before the Phillies clinched their postseason spot, I would have rather them not make the postseason. I said it multiple times on this show. I said, listen, if they're just going to lose five straight to the Marlins and Nats, why would I even want to see them in the postseason to be a you know no-doubt first-round exit? I was stupid, I was a moron, I was an idiot, and I deserve to be shamed of that quote for the rest of my life because this has been one of the greatest runs in postseason history and uh, the first time I'm, I'm actually seeing it firsthand and something that I will remember uh, as I get older. Yeah, some good points there from Danny. Um, same thing, I mean, I was, let's see, 08, I was 7. I would have been 8 actually next month, but... Uh, yeah, a lot of us were a little too young to remember, or we were just starting our uh, fandom, I guess we should say. Allie, I'll go to you. 
your thoughts on the Phillies going from a six seed wild card spot to representing the National League in the World Series. I know pretty much every MLB fan right now, not na- not in the Houston area, is cheering for us because the Astros are kind of like the uh, Darth Vader or the the evil empire, I should say, in this series. So, what are your thoughts on all that? I mean, it's just crazy because I was also let's see, oh eight, oh nine. I was seven, eight years old last time Phillies were even in the World Series. And I remember it clearly. My boy, Sheen Victorino, Ryan Flying Howard. Hawaiian. Oh, my gosh. Big I piece. Was, I just missed that team. And I love that team. But, like, the minute the Phillies traded Sheen Victorino to the Boston Red Sox, that's kind of where my fandom of baseball died. But, like, now it's, like, back and I'm just like, okay, the Phillies can actually do this. They've proven themselves going on all those road games, St. Louis, Atlanta, and now they're here as a sixth seed. It's just completely insane, and it's just great for the city. I feel like Philadelphia, especially the Phillies, they needed this. Yeah, they definitely needed this. Obviously, the last Philly championship that we have is the uh, 2018 Eagles it's been a few years now and the Sixers we'll get to them in a little bit oh my goodness gracious so courtesy of the goat Danny Ryan our sports director we actually uh clipped together some of the biggest moments of yesterday's win against San Diego and you're going to hear him right now so here was uh the beginning of the game this is what put the Phillies up to zip this was the Reese Hoskins home run That was what put them up 2-0. to zero. This was the Bryce Harper home run in the eighth inning, which pretty much decided the game. It was still the eighth inning, but this is what changed the game entirely. On the seventh pitch, Harper hits one in the air, left center field, back it goes. Harper, the swing of his life. That was the Bryce Harper shot in the eighth inning. And finally, this is the final play where the Phillies clinched uh, the catch in right field by Nick Castellanos. It's up to Austin Nola. Suarez fires. Pop fly. Right field. Segura's out. Castellanos in. And the Philadelphia Phillies are going to the World Series. Chills, ladies and gentlemen. Chills indeed. Thank you, Danny. You got that dog in you. So we got those clips uh, from we got those clips from yesterday's game, and hopefully we'll have some more by next week as well. So the Phillies are taking on the Houston Astros. Obviously, uh, the Astros, uh, one of their previous championships, obviously tainted by the cheating scandal. 
kind of reminds you of the the Patriots in a way. But um, who wins this series, and how many games, Danny Ryan? How many games, indeed? You know, it's a tough question because you know, obviously, uh, Allie, you're you're a Phillies fan, right? You're a Phillies fan. Seasonal. Okay. Let's put it that way. So you're just grasping onto the Phillies right now because the Packers are absolutely just making you miserable. That's what I'm hearing right now. Hey. But to you know, just to go back to my point, I, I assume we're all Phillies fans in this room. Yeah. So to say the Phillies weren't to win the World Series or to predict that the Phillies aren't going to win the World Series would be downright wrong. It would be disrespectful to our fandom. It just wouldn't be right. So I can't go with the Astros, especially because they cheat. I'm going to go Phillies, but I'm going to go Phillies in six. They're going to get their tough. And, you know, I want to say seven, but I'm confident in the Fightins. They're hot right now. And if we get two good starts from Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler, both on the road, I mean, obviously in reverse order, that would be huge. It would be huge. So I'm going to say Phillies in six. I think they're really going to make us earn it. A lot of the games are going to come down to the final out. Um, But, I mean, this is a very, very tough team. They might have something up their sleeves or something a little sketchy. Who knows if they're pulling it this postseason. But let's just hope they don't whip out any trash cans when they come to Citizens Bank Park. That's all I have to say. Ms. Pontano, your thoughts? I feel like it's going to be a repeat of the Padres series in a sense. Hmm. But I want to see the Phillies win the trophy and hold it up at Citizens Bank. That'll be so magical. Either six. Yeah, five or six, I want to say, but I want to see the Phillies come home and win the World Series, hold up the trophy with the fanatic in the background, the bell ringing. I just want to see the Phillies win it at home. That's all I'm saying. I think the Phillies could get it done in five or six. I think the thing is with the Padres series, if that game went back to San Diego, we might have blow it. I mean, it's not like the NBA where you have the a five six seven is one one one. You have you know you have three games. Like the opposing team has three games in a row. So if you blow it, eh, it gets a little sketchy after that. But I think the Phillies, they they have to clinch at home. If we get one in Houston, that'd be huge. I'm gonna say Phillies in five. Uh, I hope I'm not wrong, and I just reverse jinxed it or something. So <laughs> hopefully. hopefully by next Monday we'll uh, be a little bit. Actually, no, it's, it starts on Friday. I don't know if right. they could. They can't clinch. I don't think on Monday. I don't think. Or maybe no, they could. that'll be three. They won't clinch by the time we're on the air next week. So yeah. we'll we'll keep you updated anyway. And no matter what, uh, Aaron Hook or Danny Ryan will talk about that on their episodes of Offsides as well. All right, so then we'll briefly talk about what went wrong for the Padres and the Yankees. The Yankees got swept by the Astros. Um, They've had some issues in the postseason lately. So the Yankees, it's their third ALCS loss to Houston since 2017. It's their fourth postseason loss of any kind to the Astros since 2015. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Allie, I'll go to you. What is there like some kind of mental roadblock with the Yankees when they go against Houston? I mean, I I get it the whole, you know, cheating scandal and all that, but when you lose to this opponent multiple times, like wh- what goes through your mind? It definitely has to be a mental block cuz I think the Yankees are putting too much pressure on themselves if they're going back to the cheating scandal and Aaron Judge coming off of a historic season. I think it's just way too much pressure they're putting on themselves and thinking that they have to hit every home run after every pitch. It's 
it's got to be that because the Yankees were a half-decent team. They made it to the ALCS, but granted, they're the Yankees. They have Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig and <laughs> so forth and so on. But it has to be a mental block for them. Yeah, the Yankees finished the season, I believe, with 99 wins. Uh, Aaron Judge hit 62 home runs, which is an American League record. We're not even, um, regardless of the you know clean versus um, you know home run steroid record, whatever. Uh, Aaron Judge beat Roger Maris, his all-time record, and he was actually in the stands with Aaron's mom, uh, which is pretty pretty nice to see. Danny, what went wrong for the Padres? We saw all the videos. The Padres fans were getting all hyped, and uh, Juan Soto was the big acquisition to to play in these moments. And it seems like the Padres just, you know, rolled over and just said, "Nope, we're good for the season." So, what are you? What what went wrong for San Diego? I mean, you know, you talk about Juan Soto and how this. Let me rephrase this. You talk about the Padres and their deadline acquisitions and Juan Soto being, you know, one of the bigger ones. They got Josh Bell in that deal, too. Yeah. And Juan Soto showed up in yesterday's game. I mean, he was the one guy who actually, you know, aside from the slippery wild pitches from Sir Anthony Dominguez in that seventh inning, he's the one guy that actually just hit a nuke off of Zach Wheeler, the one person that could hit Zach Wheeler. So I think he did much better for sure in the postseason than he did since coming over from the Nationals in the regular season. Um, so he, I, I think he definitely showed up, but as far as the rest of the team, Trent Grisham, I believe he was like, what, 0 for 22 in this series? I mean, it was bad. He went from annihilating the Mets and Dodgers to doing that. When you have guys that disappear that much, Josh Bell as well, aside from that one home run, he was very, very non-existent. So, you know, a lot of those guys, when they disappear like you on that, or like that on you, it's tough to really find a lot of production in guys like Brandon Drury, you know, who's not going to be consistent at bat, you know, in and at bat out. So, I think it just really came down to their pitching didn't perform the way they would have liked. The Phillies had a decent time with Hugh Darvish. The Phillies had a great time with Mike Clevenger. Okay time with Joe Musgrove. So it just didn't really pan out the way they wanted it to. And I think it also came down specifically yesterday to terrible managerial decisions. I mean, the fact that you don't have Josh Hader warming up before that inning even begins when you have JT Bryce and then Castellanos coming up, Bob Melvin, what are you doing? And his statement to the media was, well, I couldn't bring Josh in. He wasn't even near ready. Yeah, well... Who, What's who, that supposed to mean? Wait, what? <laughs> Whose fault is that? <laughs> Whose fault is it that you're, I don't know, other dead deadline acquisition, maybe from the Milwaukee Brewers, a team that was also contending at the time. You yeah. gave up your four top prospects. Maybe you should have him just at least loose before the inning starts. Just absolutely ridiculous. What does that quote even mean? Like, you're in the, you're in the NLCS, and you just said, you're basically saying, well, I don't know. Was so, he just making him sit on the bench and look pretty the whole game? Yeah. Well, what happened was he people expected Hader to face Harper because it was going to be a lefty-on-lefty well, yeah, situation. Yeah. And then they kept Robert Suarez in, who granted was doing decent, but had uh, an inning in two-thirds under his belt, and it didn't pay off well. It was the ball Harper hit out. So, I mean, it, you know, it's a different thing. And, and here's a fact, too, but I'll let you take it over, Larry, after this. Josh Hader had one appearance in the NLCS, faced three batters, struck out all three. Woo! So that puts things into perspective, how they should have used him. Well, uh, that's interesting. So San Diego, regardless of what would have happened yesterday, uh, went home today, and ho- and now they're home nice and sad. So that's great. It's sunny, though. It's it, sunny. It's always sunny <laughs> in Philadelphia. <laughs> what really got on my nerves, I didn't really – like, I was watching the games, obviously, but I wasn't watching every single minute of every single game. Like, I'd be in and out or whatever. 
when, but I was listening on the radio too. Josh Bell, Brandon Drury, and Jake Cronenworth. Every time I heard those guys' names, and I'm and you know, oh, hit home run, this and that, I'm like, stop, please, please stop. So they were really uh, key players for the Padres, and um, just not the whole team just could not get it together. Phillies and five, uh, Phillies Astros in the World Series. Game one Friday in Houston, starting at 8:03. Uh, I was about to say Pacific time, Eastern Standard Time, and we'll see if the Phillies can take on the mighty Astros. All right, so we're gonna head to break. As we uh, after the break, we'll se- uh, segue into our our NFL segment and talk about our Week Seven reactions and Monday Night Football and all of that. But first, but first, we have to take a look at the WGLS campus calendar. Rowan University's Department of Public Safety would like to remind everyone in the Rowan community about the importance of pedestrian safety, especially while crossing Route 322. Pedestrians traveling along the Chamberlain Student Center construction site are urged to follow all caution signs and avoid directly walking onto the highway. And motorists who fail to stop for pedestrians face serious fines. Please follow state law and stop for pedestrians. For questions about public safety, call 856-256-4922. This campus calendar is brought to you by Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM, your source for campus news and information. We'll be right back after these messages. WGLS programming is made possible in part by Barnes & Noble, the official bookstore for Rowan University. Located at 201 Rowan Boulevard, Barnes & Noble is your number one choice for profs gear as well as a wide assortment of gifts, accessories, and sportswear. The bookstore is open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., Saturday from 10 to 6, and Sunday, 10 until 6 p.m. The Starbucks Cafe opens 8 a.m. Monday through Friday and at 10 a.m. on Saturdays and Sundays. For more information, their website is rowanbookstore.bncollege.com. The Barnes & Noble Bookstore is proud to be a supporter of Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. You're tuned in to another Monday edition of Offsides here on Rowan Radio Channel 2. I'm Larry Dealman, your Monday host for this semester, and I'm joined by Ali Pontano and Danny Ryan, our sports director, and also our Friday host for this semester. Danny, during the break, you said you had one more thing to say about our baseball segment. Is that true? Yeah, I just wanted to add real quick before we move on, and we'll pick it up as we get towards the end of the show. Um, But, you know, I I want to take into account how, yes, the Astros have owned the Yankees in the purest form, so let's just... Uh, identify that and make that, you know, just very present in today's show that, well, quite frankly, the Astros are the New York Yankees' daddy. Uh, I just want to put that out there. Yes. Second off, if the Houston Astros, and that's a big if, because it's going to be a great series, I think, if they lose to the Philadelphia Phillies, that will be their second straight loss in the World Series in as many years. That's a tough blow if you're Astros fans, because you can get to the mountain, but can you finish it? They got they finished one time, but what they have to do to finish it? Oh, it's just the one time. Yeah, okay. I was getting confused for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did they have to do? They had to cheat. Yeah. 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 So it, can they do it without cheating, or will they lose to an NL East team for the second year in a row? You know what's interesting? The NL East, honestly, has produced some winners lately. You have mm-hmm. the Nationals won after Harper left. The Braves won in Freddie Freeman's final year. And then 
this year the Phillies have a chance. The Mets, uh, LOL, and the Marlins are the well. They're the Phillies kryptonite, but who cares? I'm telling you, it's, yeah. it seems like every three or four years it's going to be another NL East team. So maybe the Marlins in the next the Mets, years. The Mets might have a chance if they don't, you know, blow it in the first round again. The Mets tried. <laughs> I think the MLB is just giving away its script a little too much. Here. The, yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. The Mets were like, I don't know, how, how do I say this? I don't know. They they were kind of like dominating and then the brave said uh no this this is where the, this, this is where the adults come in so no. <laughs> to be fair i mean the braves they just woke up out of, yeah, i mean yeah. they woke up out of nowhere the Mets, they didn't play great they didn't play the ball they were playing at the beginning of the year they were still playing above 500 baseball towards the end of the season and the braves were just like yeah we're gonna win like 15 in a row and you're gonna fall to second and we're gonna get the first round by but it won't matter anyways because we lose to the fightings and the, the, fightings. the phillies third place in the nl east who cares they must get the you tried sticker 11th best record in the mlb philadelphia phillies 11th best record in the mlb but you have the 110 whatever win dodgers first round elimination so. yikes yeah all right, so a lot of things going on in the MLB. <laughs> I know Aaron Hook and Danny Ryan will talk about these uh, on Wednesday and Friday, respectively, so we'll get to that when the time comes. All right, so let's segue to our second segment. This is the NFL. We'll start off as we usually do with our uh, week reactions. In this case, it's week seven. Nothing to really talk about this week. The Eagles, um, well, nothing to talk about with the Eagles, I should say. The Eagles are on their bye week. Their next game is on Sunday, the 30th. They are home against the Pittsburgh Steelers. That is at Lincoln Financial Field. So some interesting games to look at. Um, I know Allie's shaking her head because the Packers lost to the Commanders. We'll get to that in just a second. We'll start off, What what is going on in Carolina? So this week has been interesting. So the Panthers traded Robbie Anderson to the Cardinals. He's uh, one of their main wide receiver threats. They traded him to the Cardinals for... Um, to give Kyler Murray another weapon. Christian McCaffrey was traded to the 49ers, which is ironic because not only did McCaffrey, uh, Christian McCaffrey's dad play for the 49ers, but now Christian McCaffrey and Robbie Anderson are now division rivals in the <laughs> NFC West. Interesting. Uh, but then the Panthers, with their now decimated offense, gave three points to the Buccaneers at home, 21-3 Panthers. Um, Danny, what what is Tom Brady? What are they doing over there in Tampa Bay? I don't know if that man has lost his mojo, his confidence, or the divorce is on his mind, or something. Uh, yeah, I, I have no. I feel like we've talked about this before as well. Like this is just a reoccurring theme at this point with yeah. Tom Brady. And don't shake your head over there, Allie, because it's a reoccurring theme with Aaron Rodgers as, as of late <laughs> as well. Uh, but we'll get into that. But no, I mean, I, I'm not quite sure because. You know, I, I was listening to First Take today, and it's not the greatest source to go off in Stephen A. Smith because we know he can just, you know, blabber and just blow things out of proportion. But, well, he said, listen, you look at the roster, it's the same offense as last year, nearly the same defense as last year. Only thing that's changed is the head coach. Uh, that's not a great look for Todd Bowles. Plus, they had Bruce Arians on the sideline in week one. Maybe that was for a good reason. So I don't know if it's the coaching, but it doesn't seem like it could be that because Todd Bowles is basically, you know, the the understudy of Bruce Arians. So uh, I'm not quite sure. I hope they figure it out soon for the sake of Tom Brady, but he looks miserable, and you have to pray for any tablets in his direction. Bowles is a defensive-minded coach, isn't he? He's a yes. Yeah, no, because I'm thinking no. Byron Leftwich is the offensive coordinator, and I don't, he was getting a lot of attention too. And I know he played quarterback for the Jags, uh, you know, many moons ago. But uh, that would have been an interesting hire. I don't know what Bowles is doing over there in Tampa Bay. 
Um, the greatest quarterback of all time lost to an XFL quarterback. True, true. PJ PJ Walker. Walker's the future, baby. So, yeah. So Baker Mayfield. Uh, they said uh, Coach Steve Wilkes said regardless of health, PJ Walker will be the starter. And when I mean by health, I mean if other quarterbacks start to get healthy again, PJ will be starting for wow. the Panthers. All right, and then let me see. Let me see the Panthers, actually. Let's see. Let's see. I'll tell you what. Their they, upcoming schedule. They're probably going to get a haul for Brian Burns, and they should, They should honestly. The deadline is the 1st of November. That's next week. So the Panthers, next two games, at Atlanta, at Bengals. Yeah. Oh, they have the Falcons, two of the next three weeks. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that might be some, uh, some free wins. It's definitely uh, the next week could be used as a showcase game for all the players trying to get out of Carolina. And last week definitely was, too, because – I don't know if you noticed, but DJ Moore just woke up out of nowhere and looked like this receiver we know him as. I don't think they are too um, – they don't really want to trade Brian Burns. There was a report that said they turned down two first-round picks. Yeah, I saw and that. I don't know if that was, like, true, true, but, like, um, th- it depends on the first-round picks. Now, if I'm making this up, let's say the Eagles offered their Saints pick, the Panthers would say, yeah, send it over right now. We'll put Brian Burns on the next plane to Philly. Right. But – you know, late first round picks. They want something because he is um, a game changer in the defensive core. Um, let's see what else I have here. So the Cowboys and the Giants. I'll take this one. Cowboys and Giants got crucial wins during the Eagles' bye week. Uh, the Jags beat uh, the Giants beat the Jaguars in Jacksonville, twenty three seventeen. It was a close game toward the end. The Cowboys were losing to the Lions at home, six to three, and then woke up and won twenty four to six. So I don't know if that's just Dak getting back into a groove or the Lions. Remember we thought that they were going to be like a playoff team this year. And let's look, drum roll please, and they're 1-5. And, and they've lost four in a row. Allie is uh, putting the fists up because the Lions are a rival of her favorite Packers. So the Lions have kind of trailed off, but... I honestly, as an Eagles fan, the Giants and the Cowboys, they're just still way, way, way too close to the Eagles in the standings. It, it's like no matter what the Eagles do, the Giants and the Cowboys are like, oh, hey, we're right there. Yeah, it makes Here's no Johnny. <laughs> so, I mean, the Commanders aren't that big of a threat in the division right now, but just looking at some of these next games, see the Giants. Oh, come on. These are some free wins right here. Giants next three at Seattle versus Houston versus Detroit. So the Giants could keep on plowing through with uh, Dable as their coach. I mean, Seattle can give them a run, maybe. Possibly, but Dable, Dable's been doing really good this year, and Geno Smith, I mean. And then for the Cowboys, next three versus the Bears at Packers and then at Vikings. So those are some games. Actually, that's all NFC North right there, so that's pretty mm. cool. A lot, of, a lot of good games coming up, but we'll see if the Eagles can keep pace in the NFC East. And then another game I took note of. Allie, we'll go to you for this one. What is going on in Green Bay right now? Packers lost to Taylor Heineke. Yes, not Carson Wentz. Taylor Heineke and the Commanders, um, 23-21 in Washington. Allie, what do the Packers need to do to get back on track? Um, Scrap the whole offense. We need receivers. We need DJ Moore. We need Chase Claypool. We need Odell. We need someone. 
This isn't the 2011 Packers, Aaron. What kind of gameplay are you watching? Are you pulling at Jamarcus Russell? Yeah, coach. I watched that gameplay. Remember when Joy Nelson got that passer? I threw it right to Greg Jones. Hey, Aaron. The same 2011, buddy. This is 2022. You got Alan Lazard. You got Christian Watson. You got Sammy Watkins. You got rookies. Like, hmm. please, like, something, please happen. Like, did you guys see the last play of that game when Aaron's just face down on the field? Oh, yeah, I did see that. That explains our whole season right now. Defense is doing great. Devondre Campbell with that pick six, I'll take it. But... That offense? Oh my gosh. That haircut, I'm telling you. Leave the haircut alone. Looking like uh, some Game of Thrones. I think. Leave it alone. Remember week one when we were all like, well, the Packers got blown out last year. They'll be fine. And then this year they're like, okay, this might be a little more serious. So the Packers, uh, not too forgiving of a schedule coming up at Buffalo next week, at Detroit versus Cowboys and the Titans, that's a free win. So, uh, that Buffalo game, that's tough. That's a loss. Detroit, I don't know. Dallas, I don't know. uh, We're in 2022. Aaron Rodgers is still the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, and she just brought up the Detroit Lions and said, I do not know. Because well, oh, I, that Bills game is in prime time. Oh, that's yeah, a, that's a ugh. Sunday night. The Yikes. Detroit game, I'm, I, I really don't know how to feel about that because yeah. you're what uh, going back to said too. No, what are you saying? Ali? I was just saying like going back to 2015, we won on a free play, and like Detroit is like Dallas for you guys. They mm-hmm. always find a way to bite us in a butt, and they're like, "Hey guys, what's going on? Remember us?" And I'm like. Nope. What you got, Danny? Uh, I just wanted to mention, you know, if you any of you guys saw the uh, post-game presser for Rodgers, now he basically said, how do you feel about the position the Packers are in right now, heading into a <laughs> primetime game against the Bills? And he was like, well, I think it's not, not not these exact words, but I think it's a perfect position to be in. You know, everyone's going to be doubting us, looking for us to get exposed on primetime, and we're going to show them wrong. And I don't think he's going to show them wrong. I, I, I just don't. I'm sorry. And it's at Buffalo. Like, yeah. My man. Aaron knows how to play in the cold, obviously, so he that's does. not a factor. But do his receivers. No. What's the Danny, what's the over under on Chris Collins words saying now here's a guy on this game? I mean A lot. <laughs> I, I what was the over under last night, man? I feel like it's just at that point. I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen in the same game, plus oh, to Buffalo. No. Uh, that's probably I'd say five, man, I, at least. I okay. I just hope defense really shows up for that game because I'm riding the defense train all the way through the season. Offense keeps letting me down. I mean, my boy Macy Crosby still making those kicks, so I'm like, good for you. Mm. Aaron, you need to find a way to connect to the receivers. If anything, keep running the ball to Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Maybe look for Sammy Watkins because I guess Chicago, he looked unstoppable, then he went on IR. You guys better get active. That's all I'm going to say. Before that November 1st deadline, whether it be signing Odell or getting DJ Moore or another Mm -hmm. receiver, because Odell, I heard, can come back, I believe, mid-November. So that would be put him in the lineup in the next two weeks. For Green Bay. How do you think I feel? Every week I'm begging for a receiver. I just think the front office, it's just you got Aaron to stay after all that controversy, and now he doesn't have a receiver, and all the fans are looking for him to connect with the receivers. It's just impossible at this rate. You want to know a fact? The last receiver we drafted in the first round was all the way back in 2002. Woo! 
Wow. That was before Aaron. Allie, does Matt LaFleur uh, call the plays, or who's the offensive coordinator these days? Uh, LaFleur calls the plays, but he gives control to Aaron, like say if Aaron wants to do an audible. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So a lot of things happening in Packer land right about now. So um, Packers are 3-4. and four. They're behind the Vikings. Vikings are 5-1, and one, and we all know where that one loss came from <laughs> uh, against the Eagles in prime time because Kirk Cousins ain't ready for that. Uh, so we'll see what happens as we go into Monday Night Football. We'll get to that in just a few moments uh, as we go into Week 8. Some interesting um, divisions right now. The Buccaneers are tied with the Falcons for first place at 3-4. and four. So what? that's God. Yeah, the Buccaneers have the tiebreaker because they beat the Falcons, like, I think last week or two. Uh, oh, hello. The Buccaneers have scored and given up 124 points each. Whoa. That is oh eight. God, man. <laughs> wow. That, that's such a balanced attack. I didn't think that a Tom Brady-led offense could lack production because even at his worst, he's a good game manager. Think about it. But it, it's his happening. QB rating's at least, like, 90-something. Yeah, it, it's just happening. I don't know what's going on. But at the same time, Mike Evans was brutal on some plays yesterday. Oh, that drop mm-hmm. was embarrassing. I mean, how do you drop that to start the game? Come on. Wait, did you see the video of the refs asking for his autograph? Yeah, that was a little suspicious. Yeah, They so... were going to investigate that. Oh, it's already happening. Yeah, so that's... Interesting. I know a lot of people think that Brady pays off the refs. Or, he does. Um, well, yeah. We'll see what happens with all of that as well. All right, so moving on to our next topic. Todd Gurley II is retiring after six years in the NFL. He did not play last year, so I say six playing years. Uh, let's see. He signed a four-year extension with the Rams in 2018. Then he went to the Falcons in 2020 on a one-year deal. Didn't play last year or this year. Danny, I'll go to you. What do you make of paying running backs large sums of money or drafting them um, high up in the draft? We saw Ezekiel Elliott go number four in 2016, and he's basically 1A and 1B with Tony Pollard. We see Saquon Barkley go number two in number eight uh, in 2018, and he's had an injury history. So is running back kind of – trending like are we trending away from the running back era oh i definitely think we're trending away from the era in which you draft them as high as you do forced to pay them the first round contract um you know you, you see that in these past drafts as well kenneth walker in the second round james cook in i believe the third if not the fourth round for the bills you know so there's a lot of late round steals as far as the running back position goes and i think that you know there's some situations where you might have to take a running back top 10, whether it be a Derrick Henry type, a Najee Harris type. Uh, even he went, you know, fell all the way to the end of the first round in his draft. So you have to kind of pick and choose where you do a top 15 selection for a running back. It has to be the perfect uh, profile almost, a you know, Victor Winbayama type, which I saw we'll talk about at some oh, point. Yes. Um, but no, seriously, I mean, unless it's a, you know, a Derrick Henry, a Jonathan Taylor, uh, yeah, a game-changing guy, even a Saquon, because now that he's healthy, he's proved he can still be productive. I think those are still acceptable, you know, once in a blue moon. But at the same time, I, I, I do agree with you. I think that giving just good college running backs a top 20, 30 pick in the draft, it's just you don't know how they're going to translate or hold up in the NFL. So it's definitely fading away. And I expect, you know, a lot of running backs to be just considered, looked at in the second, third round at the very earliest. So we'll see how that goes. But it just doesn't make sense anymore with how they're kind of getting beat up and just run into the ground. 
Yeah, we see that with the Eagles, Miles Sanders doesn't get like 20 or 25 carries a game. It's a running back by committee. Jalen Hurts also is a dual threat, so he kind of takes some of the load off of um, Sanders and Gainwell as well. And we see, like, uh, Ali, I'll, I'll go to you. Like, what do you think about the Titans where they kind of run Derrick Henry into the ground, you know, 25, 30 carries a game. He had a 2,000-yard season, uh, I believe, two years ago now. So, like, you know, what do you what do you think of that? Like, is it kind of the mentality of um, – you know, you run with that and you, you know, you use that and you die by it too. Um, so, like, what are your thoughts on that as well? I mean, I think it has to go by your gameplay, first of all. Like, if you have that type of running back that, that can handle that type of load, you should give him reps, but you shouldn't run him into the ground. Like, is clearly a pass-heavy NFL now. It's not like the early 2000s where it was constantly run. I mean, throwback to Mike Dicka, like, trading all those um draft picks to get Ricky Williams with the Saints and we all know how that turned out but it's very pass heavy like even when you're using your running backs you're mainly calling RPOs and then they become a receiving running back Mm -hmm. so if you have a running back like um Najee Harris or Derrick Henry that can handle the load you should definitely give it on to them first on first down, see how much they could go for. But, like, second down, maybe you should pass and then use a third down running back. Yeah, some good points there. I'm actually looking at Derrick Henry. Uh, yesterday, he did have 30 carries for 128 yards. He gets a decent load, I will tell you, because, let's be honest, they're just not confident in that quarterback. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, obviously, seems to be um, overstaying his welcome in Tennessee. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think Tennessee fans are ready for the, um, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting his name, Liberty University. Malik was, Willis. Thank you. He came in for, uh, I believe, at least a posi- or at least a drive Against yesterday. the Bills massacre, he came in for yeah. a little while, but I think that uh, Tennessee just wants to see some production. And, you know, going back to the running backs, um, you know, I think this is a more pass-heavy league. We're not seeing running backs being used as much. And I think they're, you know, running backs, coaches, I think they're okay with it. You know, as long as, you know, you're scoring touchdowns some way or another, I think that they're okay with it. So, um, you know, we have Hall of Fame running backs in NFL history. We, You know, we've seen Emmitt Smith, Walter Payton, uh, Jim Brown uh, are some of the big names. And I don't think we're going to be seeing uh, running backs of today get to the status of some of those big names. Allie, do you have something? I mean, it also goes without saying. We don't have fullbacks anymore. There's probably like Kyle Usechek. That's about it. <laughs> exactly. There's probably like one or two teams that has a fullback, or at least like a uh, person with the fullback label. Exactly. Or some teams might just use a big man as like a blocker. But uh, yeah, so we're seeing a lot more passing in today's NFL, and I don't see that changing anytime soon. All right. So to wrap up our NFL segment, as we usually do here on Offsides, Monday Night Football Preview. Oh, my goodness. Bears at Patriots. God, that's such a great game. So last week we saw, I think it was the Broncos Chargers was Monday night. Bears at Patriots. Oh, goodness. So New England is trying to, let's see, trying to snap a three-game losing streak. Wait, what did I just write? I think I wrote the the wrong thing. Oh, my bad. Let's see. So the Patriots are trying to get over 500. They are they a win would put them 
uh, in a tie with the Dolphins. The Dolphins have a tiebreaker, and they're in last place right now. Um, they're just trying to get over 500. And then the Bears, if they were to win, the Bears would be tied with the Packers for second place in the NFC North. However, the Packers hold that tiebreaker, so regardless, uh, they would stay in third tonight. All right, Danny. What do you make of this game, Justin Fields versus Bailey Zappi? Um, do you think New England has a quarterback controversy yet? Um, you know, if you asked me that question before today, no, uh, never mind. No, no, they don't. <laughs> but the odds kind of came up a little bit as you, you know, waited till today to ask that question because you're seeing now P.J. Walker is the starter, you know, despite injury, whether you know whether or not Baker Mayfield is healthy, he's going to be the starter. Matt Ryan, whether or not his shoulder is fine, Sam Ellinger will be the starter over there. So I really do not think so. I do not think so, but barring, you know, the, the impossible, Mac Jones should be the, the quarterback in the future. But as far as tonight's game goes, I mean, Larry, I haven't gone to the gym in like five months. I'm going to the gym instead of watching this game tonight. So that's just wow. – that, that puts things into perspective. I mean – Come on, Bailey Zappi versus Justin Fields with Fields having zero, you know, drop back protection. It just I can't watch this game, but I am hoping for you know at least fifteen points from Dave Montgomery to win me one out of my three leagues. I'm, I'm on verge of going three or <laughs> pardon me, zero for three this week. I mean, it's just brutal. Wow. It's brutal. Fantasy football is terrible this year, by the way. It is. We know Danny can bench like two hundred pounds. Allie, I'll go to you. Um, your thoughts? Do you think uh, is there a clear cut winner in tonight's game? I mean, me being the Packer fan I am, I sadly have to root for the evil empire. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I really don't know what to make of this game. It's a, it's a terrible team versus a rundown, beaten up franchise. Yeah. Like, I, it's just proven if Belichick still has it, if Chicago is still with Justin Fields, I I really don't know. It's one of those Sunday night games that's, like, not enjoyable and not watchable. I, I really don't know. I'm, I'm not, not going to watch it. I would rather do homework than watch it, to be completely honest. I saw a report, too, and it was just an accusation. There's no, like, investigation or anything. Bears defensive lineman Justin Jones says that Deflategate is still going on in New England. Oh, That's interesting. That so we all know the whole deflate gate scandal. Brady got suspended in 2016. He got suspended for four games. And of course, to end that year, they completed the 28 to three comeback against the Falcons. But anyway, deflate gate um, is a, I guess a stain on Tom Brady's legacy. If you want to, uh, for all the Brady haters, but I don't know. I don't think it's going on. He, uh, Justin Jones, he said, like, I guess he was checking the, the footballs, make sure they were pumped up all the way. But we haven't really heard any accusations. No um, exposés or anything. Like, no anonymous sources. So it's probably just an accusation or just to make the headlines. But I found that to be quite odd that he would mention that because they're facing the Patriots this week. so Right, and like right before the game. So it just raises the question. like just trying it, to start something out of nothing. I yeah, mean, exactly. The Bears really have like no room to talk this year. They were getting all pumped up and obviously not the greatest start in the Matt Eberflus era. Uh, Justin Fields looking a little uh, not 
waste That's of the... a first round pick. Oh, yes. I don't know if I'd go that far quite yet. But I will say if there's one reason to tune into this game tonight, I'm I'm a Fields semi fan, so I'd just be to see if he could produce tonight. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think a lot of times when you have a defensive coordinator as your head coach, you know, obviously maybe quarterbacks aren't as good, but uh, we'll see if they can pull it together and get a win tonight. Bears at Patriots, Monday Night Football. All right, so that wraps up our NFL segment for today. And after the break, we will dive into the NBA. Uh, Adam Silver making the headlines, and we'll talk about the Sixers as well. But first, let's check the WGLS community calendar. The Samaritan Center is a program that helps Glassboro residents with economic difficulties by providing free food once a month. You can give back to your community by donating food, clothes, or by volunteering your time. Email glassborofoodbank at gmail.com or visit online at glassborofoodbank.org for more information. This community calendar is brought to you by Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM, your source for community news and information. We'll be right back after these messages. WGLS programming is made possible in part by Barnes & Noble, the official bookstore for Rowan University. Located at 201 Rowan Boulevard, Barnes & Noble is your number one choice for profs gear as well as a wide assortment of gifts, accessories, and sportswear. The bookstore is open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., Saturday from 10 to 6, and Sunday, 10 until 6 p.m. The Starbucks Cafe opens 8 a.m. Monday through Friday and at 10 a.m. on Saturdays and Sundays. For more information, their website is rowanbookstore.bncollege.com. The Barnes & Noble Bookstore is proud to be a supporter of Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. You're, t- you're tuned into another Monday edition of Offsides here on Rowan Radio Channel 2. I'm Larry Dealman, your Monday host for this semester, and I'm joined by our sports director, Danny Ryan and Ali Pontano. All right, so we finished our MLB and NFL segments. We're wrapping up the show with our NBA segment, and then we will dive into our top five. But first, wake up with Rowan Radio for the Early Bird Special. Every weekday starting at 7 a.m., our hosts will help you get through your morning with entertaining stories and special giveaways, plus news, weather, and traffic, and of course the music that matters. Start your day off right with the Early Bird Special every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. only on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM and also online at rowanradio.com. Danny, I know you are an Early Bird host this semester. Do you want to advertise your show? I was a early bird host today, actually, uh, every Monday from 7 to 9 a.m. It's a good time with uh, myself and Connor Brown, so definitely tune in every Monday from 7 to 9 a.m. for the early bird special. We'll talk some funny news stories, obviously football news, Rowan football news, and luckily these days the MLB postseason with the Philadelphia Phillies in the World Series, so make sure to tune in to the early bird special. It's a good time. Danny and Connor, I actually did see your poll this morning, so that was good. Uh, right, right before I went to work. So Pretty good great. outreach. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is. All right, NBA. So we have a few topics to get to. But first, Adam Silver discussed the possibility of demoting one or two of the worst NBA teams to the G League if intentionally tanking, uh, if the teams are caught intentionally tanking for Victor Weminyama 
and they would maybe promote a few G League teams to the NBA. So here's where this uh, stems from. In an article by ESPN senior writer Baxter Holmes, quote, Silver told employees that the league has thought about relegation as a potential solution to ensure the worst performing teams are incentivized to compete. But the commissioner then said relegation would be, quote, destabilizing to the NBA, end quote. So I'm not saying that this will happen, but if this happened, Allie, could you imagine, as you know, Rowan Radio, we do uh, broadcast and produce uh, Delaware Blue Coats games. Could you imagine the Blue Coats or uh, the winners of last year's championship, the Rio Grande Valley Vipers, or anybody in the NBA and demoting two NBA teams to the G League? What what goes through your mind? That would be pretty awesome, to be honest. Like, say we're calling Blue Coat games, we'll be like, yeah, this is the Blue Coats for NBA G League. Oh, this just in. They're gonna be in the NBA next season. Come check it out, though. They'll actually be pretty cool. Like, the Bluecoats are a very good team, even though they lost three big stars the offseason, one being Charlie Brown. But I I really don't know what to think about it. it besides, it should be awesome, like, seeing the Bluecoats stepping it up and letting these young guys get their chance in the NBA. Yeah, unfortunately, Isaiah Joe went to the Thunder, and Charles Bassey just signed with the Spurs. Did he really? Yes, wow. he did. I saw it was a Shams tweet. Charlie Brown is back, by the way. He's he a, is? He's oh, on he is. the training camp roster, yeah. Oh, oh cool. dang. All right, cool, cool. All right, uh, Danny, I'll go to you. I'm not saying this is true or this will happen, but what are your thoughts on uh, Adam Silver with this threat of swapping teams in the leagues? Uh, obviously, Victor Weminyama is the hot uh, topic right now in the NBA as uh, we get underway. What are your thoughts on all that? Oh, I don't know, man. I mean, at first glance, it's interesting, but that, I think that's about as far as I can go with this because, I mean, you, you think about it, it's like, okay, teams, whether you know you can catch them or not, which you probably can't, are going to tank. They, they are, and that, that's just the name of the game. The Jazz are doing it wrong by their 3-0. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. They have a better record than the Philadelphia 76ers who are still winless segueing perfectly into our next segment. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, no, seriously, I mean, it's just there's better ways to do this, and, you know, it's interesting at first glance, but you know, you don't have to demote, you know, let's say it's the Houston Rockets for, mm. I believe, their G League affiliates, the Rio Grande Valley Vipers. Yes. So Yes, it is. I mean, no one wants to see the Rio Grande Valley Vipers in the <laughs> NBA. One, the name is just, it's doing too much for an, a professional, actual, uh, you know, organization as one of the top four sports leagues in america but two i'm sorry i mean g league players are very good in their own sense they're very raw but they're very raw and you bring them up to that league and let's just say you keep the same players which i doubt they would obviously bring them from the g league to the nba it it just won't be a pretty sight so i think there's a lot better ways to go about this whether it be you know doing something else to incentivize them to compete but the fact of the matter is why do you care because whether or not they're tanking for victor winbayama He's going to, if doesn't like his team, find a way out of there in the next four years anyways because that's just the way the NBA is shaped these days. So, you know, they could lose this player within the next four to five years after drafting him, you know, whether it be Victor or not. Why are you so intent on having them not tank? I get he's a generational player, but this is a players-run league now. This is not a franchise-run league. So if he wants out of there, he will get out of there. So, yes, but like, I'm... how are you going to catch them at tanking? What if they exactly. just have a 
bad record. I mean, unless only thing I can think of is they're doing some shady stuff similar to Jerry Colangelo. Um, not and not Jerry, really Jerry Colangelo in the Twitter account, but before that in Sam Hinkie, where they were purposely just trying to lose game, putting a poor product out there. Yeah. But they never got caught for anything, so how would you catch somebody else? Basically, the 2015-16 Sixers, where they went 10-72, and 72, that is what a G, G League team would look like yeah. in the yeah. NBA. Isaiah Cannon, man. Oh, Ish, that was Ish point Smith. Guard. That was, <laughs> Ish he Smith. was an improvement at the point guard position, man. It was like, <laughs> the dish from Ish. Remember that? Oh, yes, yeah. yes. When Nerlens Noel, Jaleel Okafor. Oh, my goodness. Those are some names. Um, yeah, so not really... Um, a big threat right now, but Adam Silver, it pretty much was out of his mouth that something like this could happen. I guess if tanking gets a lot worse than it is right now. So we'll see about that. Victor Weminyama, whoever gets him, is getting a generational talent. Even Richard Jefferson, one of LeBron's former teammates, said that LeBron would go second in a draft with him and Victor. That's how good he is. Wow. So. Oh, man. That's yeah. saying something. That, I mean, listen. Oh, I, you didn't see that? I did not see that. But oh, whoops. <laughs> that, that's got to be for the ESPN ratings because are you kidding me? I mean, the only guy who's ever been able to threaten Michael Jordan's legacy is the right. greatest of all time. Uh, it's definitely for the ratings. I'm just getting worked up in my own sense, but wow, that that's taking a taking a step Victor, right over the line. Victor has some skill sets. He he can t- he's like Kevin Durant as yeah. a seven footer. No, no, I get it completely. He might be. T- I mean, you saw what he stacked up like against or next to Rudy Gobert. I mean, he's much taller than mm-hmm. him. He's so taking just, like step back threes in the corner. I'm like, stop, stop. He's <laughs> mobile like a guard, and it's scary. But over so, LeBron, nope. Right now, I think the teams that have the best chance, assuming they don't blow it, Utah. The Spurs, um, if the Blazers, why the, why are they three and zero? So we'll we'll see what happens. But um, Adam Silver not playing around with the tanking. And then to wrap up our NBA segment, before we get to our top five, I don't know what the Sixers are doing right now. So the Sixers and the Lakers, two um, two of the usually better teams in the NBA, are winless. The teams that are winless right now are the following. The Sixers, the Magic, that's the Eastern Conference. And then for the Western Conference, the Rockets, Kings, Lakers, and Thunder. One of those teams is an imposter. Um, So, yeah. Right now, the Jazz and the Blazers are undefeated in the West. And in the East, the Celtics and the Bucks are undefeated as well. And Allie is uh, uh, hype because I guess the Packers and Bucks kind of go hand in hand there. I mean, sad about the Sixers, happy about the Bucks, but... You can't have everything. Let's no. just put it that way. Aaron Rodgers is face down on the field. <laughs> All right. So, Danny, I'll go to you first. The Sixers are tied with the Magic in the Eastern Conference. Obviously, they got Paolo Bancaro over there, but the Sixers are at home against the Pacers tonight before they start a four-game road trip, uh, two, in the, two in Toronto, and then the Bulls and the Wizards. Is this an absolute must-win tonight? Oh, you know uh... – I'd be lying if I said it wasn't. It has to be. It's the Pacers. I mean, maybe <laughs> Tyrese Halberton gets the most of you if he's even playing tonight. But you have James Harden, Joel Embiid, P.J. Tucker. I mean, this bench was supposed to be you know, much improved. They were outscored heavily by the Spurs the other night. So, you know, not a must win in the sense that your season's over, but... Uh, what's going on if you go 0 and 4 specifically the last two games against the Spurs and Pacers and you lose those if they're you know obviously to lose tonight that's brutal so you know 
Personally, I wouldn't mind a little bit more losing. Maybe get 0-5, 0-6, 0-7. You want to be in the victor race? <laughs> uh, not victor necessarily and M- that. Wembenyama and B. QM Silver. You're not, going down to the G League. Not necessarily that. I want to be in the let's get rid of Doc Rivers race. Oh. He starts that bad. Okay, well, know. me too, me too. At the same time, okay. though, if he turns around, I'm fine with that. But he's got to start it soon to see that he can turn around an offense this talented or else – they're not going to keep him around at like one and six, one and seven. People have fired or organizations have fired head coaches over that. Were you a doc believer when he was hired initially over Brett Brown? I mean, people that say they were a doc believer are probably lying to themselves because of his resume before that and just blowing leads with the Clippers. So was I a doc believer? No. Was I a doc supporter over Brett Brown? Yes, because Brett Brown was just making me pull my hair out years upon years <laughs> upon years. And now it's the same thing, but you know, at this point, maybe a little bit worse because there's more talent on the rosters. So uh, I don't know what, how to feel, but I wasn't a Doc Rivers believer. Definitely supported him coming in over Brett Brown. Yeah, I was not. I, I think at the time I wanted Dan Tony because he was with Harden. Um, Doc Rivers, I know who's questionable playoff history. I'm definitely on the fire Doc Rivers train. By the way, did you see we played Brett Brown? Against, yes, against and the they Spurs? gave him a tribute video as well. Oh, I mean, I don't hate that. He, he got us out of the process. So, uh, Brett Brown, by the way, he has like three or four rings with the Spurs, so oh. it's not like he's a complete failure. I love how Pop just welcomed him back with open arms after he got Oh, he's going to retire, and Brett Brown's probably going to take over for the short term. Because think about it, the Spurs, do we even know, like, three names on that team? I mean, I know a few, like Pirtle and Vassell, DeJounte Murray, he's gone, but... Keldon Johnson. Like, who who is on that team? I noticed the other night... Oh, Josh Richardson. Yes, he's he's there as well, and Gorgie Dang, Gorgie Dang. Gorgie Dang, that's a name I haven't haven't heard in a while. I saw him play, and I was like, wow, (laughs) they are just getting these vet minimums out of the wazoo at this point, man, wow. Allie, what do the Sixers need to do to get back on track? Do you need to see more from Harden? Do you need to see more from MB, Doc, all three, the fan base? What do you need to see? I need to see a little bit out of everyone. Let's be real here. That starting five should be unstoppable. But, like, I was keeping up with that Spurs game, and I'm like, okay, you're leading into third, you're leading into fourth, and then it's total collapse. And... Here you are, 0-3, tied with pretty much Mickey Mouse's team, the Orlando Magic, and you're just like, I I don't know what to think of the Sixers at this point. Like, truthfully, I am not a Doc believer. I didn't like him in Los Angeles. He, I think he was just riding Blake Griffin's back a little bit. But now here he is in Philadelphia, still ring-chasing. I... I really don't know what to think of this team. I just think they need to get going, especially with the young guys like Tyrese. Yeah. I have a bone to pick with you, Miss Pontano. Okay. What, Daniel? You know, the Packers fandom is fine, you know, because obviously you're not rooting for the Eagles in in synchronization with that. Okay. But how are you going to label yourself a half 76ers and half Milwaukee Bucks fan? That just doesn't work. That's an Eastern Conference final waiting to happen. That that just doesn't work. It already did happen. Like, Okay, so oh, I wish it happened. They never got to the Eastern Conference not, Finals. Not the finals, but like <laughs> Eastern Conference playoffs. Like yeah, that was. Listen, all I'm saying was, is, the Packers versus the Eagles in this area, it's acceptable because you're you're sticking. That with will that happen one team. next month. It may happen November at some point 27th. in the future. But you cannot be on the Bucks and Sixers train. I mean, you're on the Giannis and the Embiid train. You can't have both. 
Yeah. Yeah, I I get that, but like. And her mic screen is blue. Uh. Not uh, green. Okay. okay. Oh. This is green. <laughs> I'm looking at the For birds, baby. Go birds. I'm looking at the Sixers schedule coming up. Not too many playoff teams. They got like two dates with the Wizards in the next week or so. The Knicks are in town. Then they face the Suns. Like, not too bad of a schedule. The next time they face like a real team, November 18th at home against the Bucks. So, we'll see anything on my birthday. No. Oh, Sixers versus Nets. Ben Simmons returned the day after my birthday. Wow. Nice. Those might have to be your uh, birthday present. Eh? Yeah. November 22nd. My birthday is the 21st. So, We'll see. Oh, thank you, uh, thank you, uh, NBA writers for that one. So we'll see how that works as well. All right, so we're gonna go right to our top five, and we'll go back to our MLB segment. So here we go. Who are your top five players or most important players, whatever, in this World Series? As we take into account players from both the Phillies and the Astros. Allie, I'll go to you first. If you have five to one, one to five, no order. If you have an honorable mention, go. I really don't know any Astro players, so I'm just going to keep it Phillies. Okay. Harper, Nola, Hoskins, Wheeler. And I got to give it to management, Philly management. Like, they, hmm. they've they been keeping it going, man. Yeah, some good uh, – Topper. Some good choices there. Topper, yeah. yeah. Rob Thompson is uh, getting a statue, hopefully in the next year or so. As Well, that's what I hope, at least. Danny. Right next, I'm sorry. Right next no, to ahead. Harry. Come oh, on. Right okay, maybe not next to Harry. Hold, <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Whoa. Harry Callis is his own thing. Yes. yes. Um, Danny, your thoughts on this top five. Go. All right, so I'm going to go from five to one, okay. and I'm going to start with my honorable mention. Just do not let Jose Altuve get hot. He has been ice cold in this postseason. Luckily, they haven't had very long series to get going for Altuve. Don't let him get hot because he's a non-worry. He's a non-factor now, but that could change in the blink of an eye. Number five, I have Reese Hoskins. But with the big break from Sunday to Friday, he has offered you know Sunday to Friday um, evening. Reese Hoskins, if he stays hot. That's going to be one of the most important factors in this series. Should he stay hot, he will be one of the most important players in this series. If not, the Astros bullpen. They're going to have a, I mean, they're going to be important regardless, but I say if not because Reese can have an 0 for 22 streak or a 21 for 22 streak and no one bats an eye and we love him just the same as we hate him. Uh number 4, I have to go Zach Wheeler. Zach Wheeler is starting game one in Houston, Nola game two, and Zach Wheeler has been lights out. That fastball is back. He looks healthy. He looks good. He needs to stay healthy and pitch good for the Phillies in this series if they want to come out on top. Number three, I have the Astros ace, Justin Verlander, the man married to Kate Verlander, Kate Upton. I mean, <laughs> what a guy. But, um, no, he's 39 years of age. Somehow is just magically commanding a fastball at 98, 99 miles per hour at age 39, pushing 40. Uh, he's just the ageless wonder, and he's going to have a big impact on this series. Game one starter for the Astros, I presume. Number two, and you can obviously probably – Understand who's going to be number one after this, but number two, Jordan Alvarez. He's just an MVP caliber player. A lot of power, a lot of just pop in general. He can do anything around the park. He has to be number two. He's basically the Bryce Harper for that team. And number one, Bryce Harper. I mean, enough said. Yeah. All right, so Danny must have copied my list because there's a few that line up exactly in in some places. So uh, 
We'll Danny see what happens. Cheater. Oh, no, not the cheater. <laughs> you know, that's a sore subject when we're facing some cheaters, Allie. Get out of here with the cheating talk, all right? Okay. We all right. Do this. <laughs> so I'll wrap us up here on Offsides. Uh, I will have an honorable mention. Kyle Schwarber, my boy. Kyle Schwarber, we need some Schwarber bombs. Obviously, he is going off during Schwarberfest. By the way, I believe he's like they extended the Wawa thing. They said like if we got like like eighty eight or eight hundred you know eighty eight retweets, and it they was got... four eighty eight for the length of his home run in San Diego. Oh yeah, that's oh, it. Nice. They got it, and Wawa's like, all right, yeah, we'll keep doing it. So I need some Kyle Schwarber um, home runs, please, and thank you. Number five, I'll go with uh, Jose Altuve. Uh, like Danny said, kind of in a cold uh, funk right about now, but. Uh, you know, he can get hot at any time uh, in the batter's box. So, you know, he's he's obviously has that postseason experience. So we'll see how he does against the Phillies uh, bullpen. Number four, Zach Wheeler. He has a 1.47 ERA average this postseason, including uh, two games where he posted a zero ERA. So Zach Wheeler looking pretty good in his third season with the Phillies. Number three, Justin Verlander for the Houston Astros. Obviously, the ageless wonder, as Danny said. Um, a lot of good games for him as well. Number two, Jeremy Pena. He Ooh. was the ALCS MVP. Yes, he was. Um, I did see, I watched toward the end of the game uh, last night. He made this one play. I forget what inning it was or what out it was or who was batting. He, like, grabbed the ball, done, did, like, a 360 and threw it to first, and yep. I'm like, stop, just come on like not many people can pull that off so you kind of figure that he's gonna be a thorn in the philly side how crazy is that by the way too no correa no problem jeremy pena is on the scene yeah like yeah wow he i think I, I looked him up he was like 25 years old so he's he's still pretty young he's on this super team i guess you want to put it that way and number one of course bryce harper uh, who just turned 30 last week, but he's still looking very, very in control. A lot of people are saying he's the best player in baseball, and I think the conversations have started of uh, Harper over Trout, I guess, all time, or at least at least right now. Um, I, 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 Mike Trout doesn't really have that postseason experience. so Mike Trout needs to come to Philly. He had the chance, and then he's like, nah, I'm going to go with the Angels and keep losing yeah, he with Shohai Otani. So. Tried to get on his high horse, and look where that got you. <laughs> Look where that got you, Trouty. I still love you, but come on. You could be celebrating with us. Come L- on. Right. And LA. just like Tiger Joe with the Flyers. Like, come on, man. Come on. Well, that wasn't the Flyers. That wasn't his fault. Management no, said, yeah. Management said, nah, we want to just, you know, continue to suck. But, so. like, imagine two Jersey boys coming home to play. That would be awesome. Well, the good news is that if the Eagles win the Super Bowl, uh, Mike Trout can get his participation trophy. So, um, we'll, we'll see how that works. But uh, Bryce Harper definitely made the right choice coming to the Phillies after uh, leaving the Nationals. All right, so that wraps it up for today's Offsides. I'd like to thank Danny Ryan and Ali Pontano for coming on the show today. And, of course, uh, all throughout the semester, you can get us three times a week. I'm here on Mondays. You get Aaron Hook on Wednesdays, and Danny will be with you on Fridays. A lot of uh, talk coming up with uh, football and the Phillies as well. So, Make sure you tune in all three days of the week. So for everybody here at Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM, I'm Larry Dealman. Have a good night. 
You've been listening to Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. Tune in next Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. for another edition of Offsides, only on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM.